Fourscore and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth upon this continent a new nation, conceived in liberty, and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation, or any nation so conceived and so dedicated, can long endure. We are met on a great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of it as a final resting place for those who here gave their lives, that that nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate. We cannot consecrate. We cannot hallow this ground. The brave men, living and dead, who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. It is for us the living rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they have thus far so nobly carried on. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that this government, of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. I'm your host, Dennis Zerl, and this week we are sponsored by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County, the historic Butte Theater in Cripple Creek, Colorado, bringing you the best productions in the United States, Rocky Mountain Vibes, the Pioneer League's professional baseball team in Colorado Springs, and Animus Wellbeing, your nutritional consultants in Woodland Park, Colorado. Well, good to be back in the Bear Cave after a week down. Got a lot of work done around the uh, Bear Cave property and basically just enjoyed a little bit of downtime to recharge and, of course, got to plow some snow that I wasn't really expecting. At least not that much snow. Typical of spring, that stuff was so heavy, the snowblower was kind of bogging down, so I kind of plowed like four inches at a time, but, yeah, eventually got it done. But uh, now it's time to get that chainsaw out and start cutting up all those tree branches that fell into some firewood. But man, some of the branches that broke off were the size of small trees. And when they broke, it kind of sounded like a gunshot. But anyway, in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad we got the moisture. So between the snow and choking on Canadian smoke, I guess it's been an okay week so far. Can't complain. 
Today on the show, we have one of our title sponsors coming into studio, and that's Chef Christy Link from Animus Wellbeing. And as you recall, she was on a couple of months ago with Tammy Lowell, so we thought that we would bring her back in and talk about some things like healthy eating and lifestyles and issues like that. So that should be an interesting conversation. And because it is baseball season, and you all know that we here in the Bear Cave are big baseball fans, we decided that we needed a segment for baseball. So this week, we are spinning up the Vibes Report with Director of Marketing from the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Kay Goodell, and the Director of Media and Baseball Operations, Tyler Peterson. So they'll be on the Bear Cave Hotline each week, giving us the highlights and the updates about uh, things that are happening at not only UC Health Park, but also on the road. And who knows, they may even make it into the Bear Cave every now and then. Uh, we can talk about sports and fitness and all that kind of stuff. And speaking of fitness and such, next week we have Ryan Beatty coming into the Bear Cave studio and Ryan is the owner and operator of Woodland Fitness Center in Woodland Park which is a great place to train. My wife and I have been going there for almost three years now and we really enjoy it. But anyway, I'm I'm such a slacker these days but uh, we'll be talking to Ryan about things that are going on at his facility and all the good things that they're doing. Now, the first week of June, we have Tammy Lowell coming into the Bear Cave for the Oyate Herbal Health Talk. We always love having her coming in. And the second week of June, we have our title sponsor from Abode Real Estate, Josh Dorsey, coming in to talk about all things real estate. If you've been looking at the markets lately, you'll see that there's quite a few homes for sale in Teller County. But I've been kind of following the market online a little bit, and uh, the prices of homes lately are just skyrocketing. So I think we'll be talking about that just a little bit. The rest of the June lineup we're still working on, but we'll give you a heads up as soon as that is set. But in the meantime, it's business as usual. It is Memorial Day weekend, and there are lots of activities going on here in Taylor County. I can tell you that there are some observances going on on Saturday, May 27th at 10 a.m., conducted by the American Legion here in Woodland Park. You know, it's uh, really much more than barbecues and sales. And in fact, I really get tired of seeing merchandisers talk about their Memorial Day sales every year. And unless you're giving the Gold Star families a discount of some kind, then uh, I'm pretty much over it. I uh, don't really want to hear about your sales. But anyway, lots of stuff going on this weekend. So get out there and uh, pay your respects to those who have lost their lives in the defense of this country. Lots of stuff going on in the world in the past two weeks. Looks like the Republicans are starting to line up and join the Donald in running for president of the United States in 2024. And the latest one is Senator Tim Scott from South Carolina, who announced on Monday that he is running on the Republican ticket. And I have to admit that he's a very likable guy and someone who grew up in working class poverty and rose to become the first black senator from South Carolina. And the interesting thing is that he has more cash on hand than all of his competitors. And uh, a story that he says embodies the American dream. And I listened to him for a little while while he was announcing his candidacy. And I can definitely agree with some things that he says and some of the stuff that he was talking about. And he has already come up with his campaign slogan, and that is faith in America. So I guess we'll see where that journey takes him here in the next year. I think there's a lot of people waiting for Governor Ron DeSantis to join the fray, but uh, rumor has it that his announcement may come in the next week or two, so we'll see where that goes. I also listened to him talking at the stop in New Hampshire last week, and it was pretty much the same stuff he's been talking about for the past few months, so that's uh, nothing unusual there. 
So the lineup is starting to take shape with Nikki Haley in the mix there and uh, some, some of the others in the bullpen. There we go. That's that uh, baseball reference again. I just can't help it. But I will say this before we move on. Senator Scott did say something I really liked. He said, I quote, America is the city on the hill. I'm living proof that God and good family and the United States can do all things if you believe in America. America is not a nation in decline, but under President Joe Biden, it has become a nation in retreat, end quote. This was an epic statement to me. So I I really am looking forward to the debates between all of these candidates. And I think that Donald is going to have his hands full with this field. It's not the field that he can bully around too much, I I don't think. We'll see how long it takes for the Donald to go negative against the rest of his fellow Republican opponents. But uh, that's one thing I did not hear from Senator Scott. There was not one mention of other Republicans during his announcement. So there is that. Well, just when you thought that Sniffy Joe couldn't make any more gas, he slipped up again. This time it was at the G7 conference in Japan last week. Once again, he claimed that his son Bo died in Iraq, and he said, quote, My son was a major in the U.S. Army. We lost him in Iraq. End quote. Uh, didn't he die in the U.S. from cancer? I think Joe believes that his son died because of the exposure to burn pits during his tour of duty in Iraq. And of course, this is quite possible with the knowledge that we have today, but Sniffy keeps saying that he died in Iraq. But apparently Sniffy wasn't quite with it because when he was talking about the Iraq war and what was happening in the Ukraine, he said, quote, they talk about inflation. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now, not because of the war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. Oh, excuse me. The war in Ukraine. I'm thinking about Iraq because that's where my son died. End quote. Now, if this is not a key indicator about the man's well-being, I don't know what is. This man is simply unfit to be the leader of the United States, and the American people know it. In a recent poll from the Washington Post and ABC News that was released a couple of days ago, it found that just 32% of the public believe Sniffy has the mental sharpness required to be president of the United States. 32%. Now, polls in the past decades or so have really not been that accurate, to say the least. But this came from his people, the Washington Post and ABC News. I think even the liberal media thinks that this guy is done, but he just won't quit. And I bet the demos are cringing about right now. It's only going to get worse. I think, meanwhile, Governor Gavin Dippity Do Newsom, he's probably standing in the wings with uh, anti-Skeletor Pelosi, who's uh, probably jumping up and down like a high school cheerleader. I think she's hoping that Sniffy eventually bails out, but uh, good Lord. Can you imagine if the demos get another round in the White House? You think that Biden's out of control now? Well, just wait, because if they do stay in the White House, you can count on about, I don't know, another 12 million migrants marching into America unabated. Remember, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Man, oh man. And uh, now he is trying to negotiate the debt ceiling. It just, uh, it's, it's terrifying if you ask me. But all I can say is, please, dear God, don't let him listen to the woke idiot people and invoke the 14th Amendment. That would be the kiss of death for this country. And wow, what a segue, right? Bottom line is that this guy is an embarrassment to the United States. His overall performance at the G7 was heavily criticized by just about every journalist online and, of course, by the Republican Party, and rightfully so. 
His word salad makes Obama look like a freaking genius. And if you don't believe me, well, you know, the clip is all over the Internet and he seems to be making a point about national debt, but then kind of finds himself on a tangent about global warming. Well, if you don't believe me, just check this out. Listen to this. And there's a lot of other, for example, the idea that we're uh, in terms of uh, taxes that they refuse to. For example, we uh, I was able to balance the budget and pass everything from the, the global warming bill. Anyway, I was able to cut by one point seven billion dollars in the first two years, the deficit that we uh, were were accumulating. And uh, because I was able to say to it that the 55 corporations in America that made 40, 400 billion dollars or 40 billion dollars, 400 billion dollars that uh, they uh, they pay zero in tax, zero. And there's a lot of other, for example. (laughs) What the hell was that? That was an epic word salad. Uh, does anybody know what he was talking about? Because I sure don't. You know, it's funny because right about now, I bet the demos are wishing that Jimmy Carter was still in power. Oh, God save us all. Well, when we come back, we'll be having a chat with someone who does make sense, and that is Chef Christy Link of Animus Wellbeing. We'll be right back. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Taylor County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at C-S-A-B-O-D-E.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied. Cave and my guest this week is one of our title sponsors from Animus Wellbeing. It's Chef Christy Link. Christy, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. Yeah, it's been a couple of months since uh, you and Tammy were on, but uh, we got a lot of good, good reactions, I guess, or good uh, comments from the listeners. And uh, we thought it's about time to bring you back on your own, all by your lonesome. I don't know. Kind of scary. <laughs> it's it's a good thing to be back. What have you got going on? You've had some uh, you've had some challenges as of late, to say the least, right? I would say so. 
Um, I've been in a healing process, or I should say healing mode. Yeah, what happened? Well, I fell in March and ended up breaking three bones in the back of my left hand. Wait a minute, wait a minute, time out, back up. You fell in March. What, is, what does that mean? Okay, let me go back. I fell, I fell. Yeah, well, give us the circumstances. <laughs> That's kind of wide open. I mean, I fell. Well, let's put it this way. You can survive all winter in the mountains and not fall and hurt yourself, but go to another state and fall on flagstones in rain and you can do all kinds of damage. Wow. Where were you? I was actually in California oh, well. during their torrential downpour. That explains it. Absolutely. And flagstones can become extremely slick in the rain. And I just happened to take one misstep and had a lovely fall. I felt like Humpty Dumpty. Seems like a lot of that's going on this year. Uh, I remember uh, Woodland Park Council member Frank Connors slipped in the, I guess it was the ice and broke his shoulder. So yeah, a lot of that going on. Yeah. Unfortunately, falls account for a large percentage of older people um, being badly hurt. See, I always thought that was a joke until I fell on the ice myself. And I was just like, oh God, I've, it's come down to that. I've hit that age where I've got to be careful, I guess. I don't know. You know, unfortunately, I think I was always at that age, even when I was in my thirties. Yeah. Well, you know, some people <laughs> would like that. I suppose so. Accident prone. Well, I mean, you're healing up. How are things going? Well, I would say it's been one of the most frustrating times of my entire life. How so? Well, you go to the doctor, they take the x-rays, they confirm what's happened, and they give you a splint or a cast or surgery. Yeah. Everybody still wants to jump in and do surgery first. Um but I think the biggest problem is people really are not getting any advice as far as how they can help themselves to heal quicker. And like most people, I have the patience of... You don't. I don't. I have no patience. Yeah. So for me, it's been, like I said, incredibly frustrating. Although I started pulling from my nutritional background and trying to figure out ways to help myself since I wasn't getting that from my healthcare providers. Well, that's not good news. No. And unfortunately, I feel like in 2023, we're getting even less advice than we got even 20 years ago. Well, I, I don't want to bag on healthcare professionals because there are decent healthcare professionals for sure, right? But uh, what are you doing? In fact, let me back up a little bit first. Uh, tell me what's going on with Animus Wellbeing because not a lot of people are familiar with the company. And uh, you know, you're back on again as a title sponsor this year, which we really appreciate. So kind of give us a thumbnail sketch of what Animus Wellbeing does and uh, and what you do. Animus Wellbeing first came into existence in Southern California. And basically, I formed a company to help people with nutritional needs and coupling that with my chef skills. I really wanted to be able to help people to not only get better, but to use food as edible medicine. Yeah, you, you said that during our conversation with, uh, with Tammy, too. And I kind of expound on that because we have a tendency to just grab drugs and uh, you look for the magic pill. That's always the magic elixir, right? Unfortunately, I do believe that most people, you know, a little bit of something, if a little bit helps, then we tend to have this feeling that a lot more will be even more beneficial, which isn't the case. Yeah, it's so America, isn't it? It absolutely is. And as far as bagging on healthcare practitioners, I'm really not. They're great with diagnostics. If they can go in and do surgery to correct something like a really bad break, they are incredible. The only thing that I find for me 
that was lacking was a little bit of not only rest and ice, they go hand in hand with any kind of injury, but like with a break, you have soft tissue damage. You obviously have bone that's trying to heal. To answer your question, Animus helped a lot of people. I worked with registered dietitians, went into people's kitchens to help them identify what they were using, how they were eating, and how we could improve that. You have been helping a lot of people. You are a Lake Cordon Blue Train chef and a nutritional consultant. I know it's, it's difficult for most people to speak about themselves. It definitely is for me. And I know I'm glad you brought up my background because I did go to Le Cordon Bleu, graduated with highest honors in 2007. And from there, I started working as a private chef. Well, food kind of sparked that insatiable need to know more why I was using the foods I was using, but also the best way to help people. That's why I pursued another degree in nutritional science from the Global College of Natural Medicine so that I could work hand in hand and have a better understanding and ability to incorporate food and nutrients. So the whole approach I can use that one word. You know you're waiting for it. Oh, holistic. You were going to say holistic. I know. (laughs) No, I actually didn't fall into that. So I was very proud of myself today. Yeah, I do that all the time. Yeah, most people do. Um, So Animus was formed with the nutritional services and also private chefing. I would go into people's kitchens and literally help them to take things out of their pantry that weren't healthy and incorporate a lot of the key basics that every kitchen needs. Okay. So when you talk about services, are you talking about consultations? Are you talking about uh, classes? Kind of expand on that for me a little bit. I would go into a person's kitchen and their pantry to see number one, how they're preparing their food, what types of foods they would have on hand, their go-tos and literally supplement or take out things that were not healthy and have them purchase and always keep in stock or on hand things to make healthy meals in minutes. So that was one of the services or is one of the services that Animus provides. I would also do nutritional consultations with people. They would be diagnosed with a condition and they'd gone to a nutritionist and then they would be referred to me or a dietitian, the dietitian would contact me so I could help them to make those gradual changes they needed to make. Earlier, we talked about the the difference between people who live in the mountains or eating here, and there may not be necessarily a large supply of, say, organic foods or, or fresh vegetables and fruits that you would find in maybe Southern California or maybe in Colorado Springs or a big city. So how do you kind of go about teaching people how to utilize what they have around them, I guess, for lack of better terms? The kitchen basic is pretty much same staples I would use in any kitchen in the mountains or at sea level. The biggest challenge here is the lack of the fresh produce. We just don't have it all season and it's much more expensive and it tastes a lot different. Yeah, it does. I mean, there's nothing like having fresh fruits and vegetables maybe out of your garden or being able to have a place to buy them. But but there are ways around that, right? Absolutely. I utilize, for instance, if I need a fresh berry, that is not in season. I know I can't get here for a smoothie or a dessert, a healthy dessert. I can always fall back on an organic frozen fruit. Not my first choice, but it will work. So that's one of the substitutes I like to use. And also frozen vegetables, again, not my first choice, but they come in very handy and they're also a lot more affordable and you always have access to them all year round. So I tend to go more in that direction. I stay more away from canned foods. 
I just don't like the texture. I don't like the quality and I don't like the fact that I'm losing nutrients. I just don't like the way they taste because you can kind of taste the can in canned foods. Now, now sometimes I guess it's a necessary evil if you're camping or whatever, but. Well, there's some foods that you purchase canned that are really quite amenable. A lot of your beans, which are really high in fiber, I find garbanzo beans, kidney beans, and they're not only inexpensive, they're very nutritious and they're good. They're a good canned product. Canned tuna. Here again, we don't have access to fresh tuna, so it's in a can. But for the most part, a canned vegetable, I'm sorry, I'm going to have to deviate and not utilize it. Okay, I take that back. I like tuna. <laughs> I ate the hell out of some tumor, but uh, anyway, you had some things that you wanted to talk about today. Why don't you, uh, I'm going to let you take it away from here. Well, kind of going back to a little bit of what just happened, uh, I was trying to find... How about your, your broken bones? Yeah. Going back to trying to heal thyself, it's, I think, like a doctor. We make the worst patients. So my hat goes off to any physician out there who's been injured. We're very impatient. I'm not a doctor, but trying to help other people. I'm a lot more patient with my clientele than I ever am with myself. But anyway, I did find some interesting things like the use of comfrey. And comfrey is one of these amazing herbs that you can make a compress and apply it to skin that is not broken. And what it does is it reduces inflammation and it also helps aid the healing of soft tissue and bone. Now, that's the same herb that Tammy Lowell was talking about not too long ago, right? Yes, absolutely. And the only downside to doing the compress is everything I used to make it, I ended up having to be very careful with because if you ingest it, it will cause liver damage. I can say, isn't comfrey technically a poison or can be a poison? It can be. But that's the same with a lot of herbs or most herbs. They have a beneficial side effect and they also have a not so great side effect. So I found I used the compresses about the first two weeks. And I remember Tammy telling me about her fabulous mountain salve. So I ordered that, which also has comfrey in it. And I was using a salve I'd formulated years ago, uh, Kelly's Dream Cream. And I found we had four very similar compounds. Jojoba, which is very high in vitamin E. It's a great carrier oil and it's very moisturizing. We also have Arnica. I have Arnica because it's great for bruising in my tattoo formulary. And we have Calendula. Again, phenomenal anti-inflammatory. But her salve has comfrey where mine doesn't. Interesting. Yeah. And so I started using mine because my salve is amazing for burns and also arthritic pain. But I wasn't getting the comfrey and I really wanted something that was easy to use and would make a huge difference. So I used her Mountain Natural Salve. Uh, did you order that from uh, Oyate Herbals? I did. Oyate Herbals. It's an incredible salve and it's very affordable too. So it's got a great price point on it. It reduced a lot of the inflammation and helped with pain. I should take a bath in it. <laughs> At that point, trust me, I wanted to. I bet. So I went from there and my frustration was going in and having the x-rays so I could see what was happening with the breaks and how they were healing. But the frustration was stemmed a lot from not really knowing a lot about over-the-counter medicines because I haven't really been using them for a long time. So that's where I was feeling frustrated that I hit a point 
um, or a plateau that I wasn't healing as quickly. And so when I went back yesterday, I had the final x-ray on my hand and I was pleased with the result. But finally, the physician's assistant had recommended this amazing ointment. It's called Volterin and it's an arthritis pain reliever. But for people like me who cannot take ibuprofen or anti-inflammatory drugs, you can use this amazing topical. And I thought, oh, I wish he had told me about that first or second visit. Okay, getting back on track to support bone growth. I cannot take calcium supplements because migraine sufferers, they tend to trigger headaches with us. Really? Yeah, so I've never been able to take a calcium supplement growing up. So it's kind of a good thing that I am an absolute milk diva. I love my milk. Is it because it's a processed pill of some sort or? I'm not really sure. I know that my body does a lot better getting the nutrients I need from my food sources. So I've been back in my habit of two or three glasses of milk per day. And especially before I go to bed at night. And the difference has been remarkable and how fast my bones have been healing. So I credit that to wonderful organic milk. There's always talk about people who are getting older. There's this debate about should you drink dairy and eat dairy or shouldn't you? And you hear the the bad side. It's like, oh, I don't use dairy in my life whatsoever. And then there's people like you who are trained professionals that say, yeah, I drink like four glasses of milk a day. This big debate. I don't really know who to believe. I think the great dairy debate happened back in the 70s and 80s. And I know this because or I'm pretty familiar with it. My sister, who happens to be four years my senior, wouldn't touch it. Because nobody after the age of 20 needs to drink milk. So she would always drink her coffee black. Of course, you know, I mean, there's people who are lactose intolerant. I get that. Absolutely. And it was an interesting component when after I'd gone through a certain phase of a woman's life, my doctor had told me, you know, I told him, I love milk. She's talking about menopause. <sighs> yes. That secret thing no woman really wants to talk about. Hey, guys do the same thing, but we call it manopause. Yeah, but you guys don't end up melting when you least expect it. You'll be sitting there with gorgeous makeup and all of a sudden you look like you've ran five miles and you're sweating and your makeup's running down your face. It's really not very pleasant. Okay, we're crossing the bridge yes. of too much information so, right now. I think, so. <laughs> anyway, okay, my, continue. Yeah, my doctor had said, well, it's really a good thing because after I went through menopause, I happened to have the beginning of osteopenia osteopenia in my left hip, which is the loss of calcium and the thinning of that bone. And I started drinking milk and it reversed. So I'm big milk proponent. If you can drink it, I would suggest to do it. It's very good for you. Hear that in your face, vegans. <laughs> well, it was kind of funny because my sister, the anti-milk tirade, um, about five years ago, I introduced her to organic milk. And she now has her cup every single night. Yeah, she's good for also her. older. Yeah. So it really, milk is still very beneficial even when we're older. But going back to the nutritional, I was thinking about ways because when people are working in an office and, you know, we tend to have that dip in the afternoon. And so we're looking for something, that cup of coffee or that quick, oh, that energy boost that we need. And so I thought, well, okay, let's start looking at some foods that we could kind of use in place of that. I know raw almonds are very high in protein, very good for you. And they're also a snack that you can use mid-afternoon 
that will help increase your energy, mental clarity, focus. They're just good for you. That little extra protein never hurt anybody. Is it the uh, protein shot that you need to kind of get you out of that that lull in the afternoon? Yeah, that mid-afternoon slump when everybody's, oh, I could just if I could just take a nap. I call it the unhour. It's like three <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. Well, you know, I really think that adults are the ones who need to nap, not children. Yeah, probably. But unfortunately, that doesn't work. So you think it's better than having a, you know, say caffeine or chocolate or something like that. Just have something natural looking like almonds. Well, almonds, another great energy food for mid-afternoon is a banana. High in potassium, high in fiber, very good for you. Also, if you tend to work out a lot, we sweat. And potassium will help bring back that balance with sodium in our bodies that we, we all need. Huh. I never would have thought about a banana, but uh, yeah, it makes sense. Another food that people have kind of caught on is avocados. I love avocados. Avocados are amazing. I call them a superfood. In one little bite, you're getting 80 calories for a half of an avocado, and they really provide 20 phytonutrients, minerals, and vitamins. You can't go wrong. You can put them on a piece of toast in the morning. Oh, no. Here comes the California (laughs) avocado toast thing. Well, I don't understand that because I was eating avocado in a sandwich back in the 80s. People always make fun of that because it's so California and it really isn't. I mean, it's just a... Well, did you know you can also make a fantastic smoothie with an avocado? I did. Oh, You're amazing. Well, it is a fruit, right? It is a fruit. So what you can do if you've got one of these wonderful Nutribullets, in the morning you can put in a little bit of yogurt. I always like the stuff that doesn't have any, just the plain Greek yogurt. A little bit of that, an avocado, watercress, spinach, a little bit of lemon, and some water, ice. Go ahead, mix that up, and you have got an amazing smoothie. You can even add a dash of flaxseed. Well, maybe these are some of the recipes you should send to us, and we can post them on our uh, Facebook page or on the Animus Wellbeing page. I would love to do that. Absolutely. We'll hold you to it. The other superfood that I encourage people to eat is, okay, ready? Eggs. Oh, no. I went there. Yeah, you did. I know. Every vegan right now is cutting themselves. Well, the thing I love about eggs, they're the only complete protein that we have. Yeah. They have all the essential amino acids and you can boil them and take them with you in their own little protective shell. I have to go back to that whole vegan thing. And I know your opinion. We talked about that in the past about uh, veganism. And uh, to me, I think it's more of a principle thing than it is a healthy eating type of thing. And, uh, you know, you're saying it is a complete protein. And go figure it. It is. It's the perfect food, right? It really is. Plus, you have to look at the fact you're not hurting a chicken or a duck. They lay eggs naturally. Yeah, I think the whole thing is that you're eating an embryo or something like that. I know I'm putting in my body something that's very good for it. So I highly recommend them. They do not increase cholesterol. I know that was an old myth, too. Yeah, where did that even get started? Probably from someone uh, who doesn't eat eggs, I would imagine. I don't know. Probably. And it's also a myth like uh, fat. If you eat fat, fat will make you fat. Okay, explain that one to me. (laughs) Well, that came into existence, I believe, in the early 80s. That fat, if you ate fat, it would make you fat. Actually, fat, it's the one nutrient that we all need. But we're looking for healthy fats, like in avocados. We're looking for a monosaturated fat. 
Our body needs them. It's a nutrient required for energy or even metabolism. We need fat. Our bodies require it. I think that people who work in the food industry are sometimes sabotaging things for whatever kind of reason. I'm not sure. You, know, you always see campaigns with uh, you know, the beef you know, ranchers and, and, the, and the beef industry. You see those all the time. But I've, I've never seen like anti-egg campaigns yet, but uh, it always changes and it drives me crazy because nobody knows what the hell to believe anymore because the FDA or, you know, whoever's in charge of all this kind of stuff constantly is changing their minds and it's just frustrating. I think that we turn the food pyramid upside down and it's been about two decades ago and we've had obesity as an end result from it. So many food additives we have never had and now we're in our foods and it's hard to separate what you should be eating, especially if you're purchasing packaged foods. Well, I remember as a kid going to school too, they tell you, okay, eat a balanced diet and it had eggs and milk and breads and meats and things like that. And then all of a sudden, it seems like the food industry has become political as well. And then now people are crusading. Like I say, it's the vegan movement and it's, uh, you know, I'm not bagging on vegetarians because vegetarians actually do eat eggs and they do have some proteins that share their diet. But it's, uh, I don't know how this whole campaign got started, but it, it just seems so off to me. Does that make sense? Well, it seems off because it is. I know there was a movement in our country a while back where people wanted to know what was in their food, but it didn't pass. I am now a habitual label reader. I read and I want to know what's in my food. And if it has any kind of high fructose corn syrup, then to me, that's the kiss of death and it goes back on the shelf. It doesn't go into my shopping cart and it certainly doesn't come home with me. And uh, I wish more people would be conscious of that. I keep going back to this chicken nuggets world that you were talking about before. It's just so easy to drive through a uh, you know fast food joint and just, uh, here you go, kids, eat it. Here, here, family, ingest this stuff. And it's not good for you at all. And we know that, but yet we continue to do it. I can't imagine not reading labels on food. And really, if you looked at the label on most of your coffee creamers, you know, these liquid flavored coffee creamers, no one would ever use them. No, because they have petroleum products in them. Well, they have one ingredient called sodium cassonate. And it is actually a preservative, a milk derivative, but it is really hard on your kidneys. I find a lot of hidden sugars in those coffee creamers as well. Nobody needs them. They don't need the flavoring. Half and half, great coffee creamer or just plain good old-fashioned milk. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I kind of challenge everybody. Look at what you're having in the morning if you're eating anything at all. Breakfast is the one meal that most people skip. We don't have time for it. I got to get the kids out the door. Make a family packed to try a new breakfast food, even if you do it on a Sunday. We have a little extra time, like an egg frittata. You can make one of those, you can portion it during the week, and you can microwave it. Sounds really fancy, but well, it's, it's pretty easy. to. Is it hard to make or it, easy to make? Or I don't know how to cook, and you're telling me that egg frittatas are the way I should be eating. I don't even know what that is. An egg frittata is basically... Putting, making an egg casserole. So what you're doing is you're spraying a baking pan and you're whipping up some eggs, putting in some cheese, broccoli, anything you really like, spinach, and you're baking it. So it hardens. You can put it in the refrigerator and you can cut squares in the morning. It'll last for a good four days in your refrigerator. Personally, I love mushrooms in mine, cheese, but it's a real 
simple way to make something that's very healthy and can be an on-the-go food. Well, even I could probably do that then. It's yeah. a, a baked egg. Egg frittata. Yeah, that's a fancy name for a baked egg. <laughs> well, baked egg concoction, yes. All right, well, I can do that. So I kind of like to reach out to your listeners and find out what do you do for your breakfast? I love new suggestions. Now, where can people get a hold of you? How do they contact you to get uh, either recipes or set up a consultation if they need to? You can always reach me at animuswellbeing.com, A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G.com. Or you can send me an email directly to chef, C-H-E-F, Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, link, L-E-N-K, at Gmail. All right, there you have it. Chef Christy Link here in the Bear Cave. We appreciate you coming in and uh, look forward to maybe trying some of your recipes. It's been a pleasure and thank you so much for having me back. Well, thanks for sponsoring the show. And uh, yeah, if you're not careful, like I say, you always learn something here in the, in the Bear Cave. But uh, healthy eating and, you know, have a happy life, I guess is the bottom line, right? Be healthy, be well. All right, Chef Christy Link from Animus Wellbeing. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. All right, coming up next, it is story time with Michelle, followed by the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. So stick around. And what's your light? My only friend through teenage night. And everything I had to know, I heard it on my radio. The Rocky Mountain Vibes are back all summer long. You're not going to want to miss their nightly promos with their Vibe Tribe Tuesdays, $1 hot dogs, winning Wednesdays, $2 tickets sponsored by Kilo X1039. Thank you Thursdays, where free military tickets go out to the military community, sponsored by Veterans United Home Loans Colorado Springs. Firework Fridays are back. Theme Saturdays, different themes every Saturday, and Sky Sox Sundays, Kids Club Day. Plus, post-game base running to all kiddos, part of the Kids Club. You're not going to want to miss the fun over at UC Health Park. Are you tired of gambling? Or maybe gambling just isn't your thing? Then you need to come visit the historic Butte Theater, located in the heart of Cripple Creek, Colorado. Enjoy our classic melodramas, Shakespeare of the West, musicals, comedies, and our community's favorite Christmas show. The Butte is fun for the whole family. So get your tickets today at thebuttetheater.com and come join in our fun. the bear cave and right now it's story time with michelle on the bear cave hotline hey michelle have you got uh, an oxygen mask and uh respirators up there in cripple creek today yeah we should i can barely see the mountain across the highway <laughs> this is about as nasty as it was uh last year for the week or so that we had all those forest fires but uh hey this is canada let's blame canada it is it is canada so we can blame canada <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying 
<laughs> no, it's horrible. Yeah, it was pretty bad. And, and uh, the one time that I'm hoping it's going to snow or rain or something like that is just dry and yucky. <laughs> Right, right. No, so we get all these health warnings hanging up on the windows and stuff because it's like people that do have respiratory problems, it, it can be a challenge. Well, in between the haze, fog, and smoke, or whatever's out there, what have we got for story time this week? Well, last year, and it's already been a year again, geez, we talked about uh, Memorial Day and how it started and the meaning behind it and everything. So I kind of wanted to stick with that, but I actually wanted to highlight a gentleman who I just kind of accidentally fell upon when I was looking for a story. And uh, he happens to be the first Black American who earned the Medal of Honor. Oh, how interesting. Exactly. So we have a William Harvey Kearney, and he was born as a slave in Norfolk, Virginia, on February 29, 1840. His father escaped slavery, reaching freedom through the Underground Railroad. William Sr. then worked hard to buy the freedom of the rest of his family. The free and reunited family settled in New Bedford in the second half of the 1850s. Young William learned to read and write, and by the age of 15, he was interested in becoming a minister. Now, this is all going to go south after that, right? Oh, I know. It, yeah, it starts off with this whole positive message, and then this, right? yeah, this Civil War thing breaks out. Exactly, exactly. So he gave up his pursuit for the ministry to join the army. Carney stated, quote, previous to the formation of colored troops, I had a strong inclination to prepare myself for the ministry. But when the country called for all persons, I could best serve my God, serving my country and my oppressed brothers, unquote. So he was totally guided into another career, which actually did him quite well in the end. It's a duty on our country. Correct. So that career change had momentous impact on Carney's life as the 54th Massachusetts had a chance to prove its mettle in the July 18, 1863 Battle of Fort Wagner outside of Charleston, South Carolina. The 54th was an all-black unit with the exception of senior officers and a few senior non-commissioned sergeants. During the fight, the 54th made heroic attack on the garrison. The 54th burrowed into the sand dune about a thousand yards from Fort Wagner. Behind it was the 6th Connecticut. Federal land and sea artillery bombarded the fort all day long. By nightfall, orders were passed down to the 54th and they stood up, dressed ranks and attacked in two wings of five companies each. So you're right away, you're like, oh, here we go, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So as the men advanced, they were immediately hit by a barrage of shelling from the fort. A bullet struck the 54th's color sergeant, and as the wounded man fell, Carney threw down his gun, seized the flag, and moved to the front of the 54th's assaulting ranks. He soon found himself alone on the fort's wall with bodies of dead and wounded comrades all around him. And you gotta think, this is war that's just uh, brutal where we're fighting with uh, musket balls and grape shot and all this other kind of heinous stuff that goes on absolutely absolutely brutal and it's brother against brother you know yeah, i mean this yeah. was just the worst so carney surveyed the battlefield and noticed that on another union regiment had attacked to his right drawing away the focal point of the rebel resistance to his left he saw a large force of soldiers advancing to the fort at first he thought they might be union forces unfortunately they were confederates he wound the colors around the flagpole, made his way to a low protective wall, and moved along it in a ditch. Carney wanted to help the wounded, but enemy fire pinned him down. Crouching down, he figured his best chance was to plot a course back to the federal lines and make a break for it. 
However, Carney rose to get a better look. Later, he wrote, quote, The bullet I now carry in my body came whizzing like a mosquito, and I was shot. Not being prostrated by the shot, I continued my course, yet had not gone far before I was struck by a second shot, unquote. So now he shot twice, right? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so By a musket ball, yeah. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So despite carrying two slugs in his body, Carney kept moving. Shortly after being hit the second time, he saw another Union soldier coming in his direction. A third shot grazed his arm. The Union soldier asked if he could take the colors, but Carney refused. He explained that he would not be willing to give the colors to anyone who was not a member of the 54th Massachusetts. The pair struggled on. They did not get far before yet another bullet hit Carney, grazing him in the head. The two men finally managed to stumble to their own lines. Carney was taken to the rear and turned over to medical personnel. Throughout his ordeal, he held on to the colors. Carney finally staggered into the ranks of the 54th, and before collapsing, he said, Boys, the old flag never touched the ground. That is a chilling story. Isn't it? William Carney recovered from the four wounds he received at Fort Wagner, and word soon spread of his unselfish actions. When Carney's commanders heard about his conduct, he was promoted to sergeant, and because of his injuries, he was discharged from the Army on June 30th, 1864. William H. Carney's valor at Fort Wagner was honored on May 23rd, 1900, when he was awarded the Medal of Honor. That was almost 40 years after he proudly served with the 54th Massachusetts Regiment. He was the first black soldier to receive the award, and when asked about his heroic actions, he simply said, I only did my duty. Spoken like a true hero. Yeah, so I thought that was so perfect for Memorial Day. And, you know, because a lot of people get Memorial Day and Veterans Day confused. They do. And so Memorial Day is for any anyone who has served past, present, and any, anybody in the future for our soldiers. And that's what Memorial Day is about, is remembering all of those who have fought for all the freedoms that we have. As a veteran, don't wish me a happy Memorial Day. There's nothing happy about Memorial Day. Correct. It's one of those days where you should just sit back, remember, and be grateful for the men and women who lost their lives in battle. Exactly. Exactly. It's the ultimate sacrifice. And so you're right. It's not a happy Memorial Day. It's a day to remember and and honor those people. I agree. And uh, unfortunately, we become a society where we commercialize everything. And I really get tired of seeing Memorial Day sales and this sale. Right. And, you know, it's, right. it's, it's not just about barbecues and hot dogs and hamburgers. It's uh, it's much different than that. So I'm glad you told us that story because it's, it's very apropos. Well, thank you. Thanks for letting me share that. So it was meant to be, you know, like I said, I was just kind of scrolling through things when that came up. I was like, oh, no, this is it. I don't even have to look any further. <laughs> That's right. And uh, speaking of Memorial Day, this is a big weekend. I'm Sam, I'm going to start promoting. St- I know, I know. What? Can't get around it. (laughs) This is the big weekend kickoff for Cripple Creek, Victor, and uh, pretty much all the surrounding areas in Taylor County, right? For sure, for sure. Um, Up in our area, all the museums are opening up, all the attractions. We've got trolley tours. And if you remember, the donkey release was kind of pushed back because we had that wicked storm come up. That's right. Rumor is, and I saw a note saying that this is what they're doing. They are going to release the donkeys on Memorial Day at noon. Okay, everybody get down there and line that dirt road and see if you can keep them going straight. <laughs> right? So to me, that's like the biggest thing. Ah, like, oh, yay, the donkeys are coming out. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I'm, I'm ready. Yeah, but we should be bustling. I mean, I've just noticed up here it's been busy. Kids are starting 
starting to come out and get out of school and people are starting to move around and, and travel already. So looking for a really good summer. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm ready for uh, no more snow, a yeah, little bit of nice me. weather. And uh, Canada, <laughs> you can keep your, maybe if we all get fans and we just point them up in the sky and point them north. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Get out of here. Go back to Canada. <laughs> Let's aim all those air wind farms to the, to the north. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about those. Hey, Joe, turn your farm around. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, that's a, well we, we've talked enough about that guy today and his... Uh, his awesome visit and his gaffes in the G7 conference. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that could be some serious bear pile material there, I'm sure. But uh, anyway. <laughs> but uh, remember your family on Memorial Day, you know, and, and appreciate the fact that you are together. And if you have some um, military family that have fallen, give them an extra prayer. I agree. And also, there are plenty of veterans events that are occurring. I know in Woodland Park, the American Legion Post, they're going to be putting flags out. Out at the cemetery, I believe it's Saturday morning at 10 a.m. So all veterans and people are invited to uh, join in those festivities and recognitions as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Michelle. Well, like you say, stay safe this weekend and uh, try not to breathe too much as you're heading to your car on the way home. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Pay attention to your body. If you're not feeling good, get inside, <laughs> get indoors. <laughs> That's me. Hunker down in the barricade for a while. That's what I'm going to do. Exactly. All right, Michelle. Michelle, appreciate it, and uh, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds like a plan. We'll see y'all then. Okay, bye-bye now. Bye. That was my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, and up next on the Bear Cave Hotline, it's our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. Hey, Trevor, welcome back, man. I Hopefully you're all rested up and ready to go. Yeah, yeah, I had a few weeks off between my vacation and taking a week off last week. Yeah, we missed you, brother, man. You put a lot of heat on me, but uh, I tap tense my way through everything. But uh, hey, I'm glad you're uh, recharged and you're back in the bear cave, and that's all that matters right now. Yeah, for sure. Glad to be back. And we are glad to have you back. And speaking of being glad about something, huh? what's the big news this week? Um, probably the biggest thing that's happened, at least outside of the local politics, the thing that we talk about every week was there's a semi-truck that rolled over last Tuesday at about 6 a.m. They, they got a call. There's a, a semi-tanker full of diesel fuel that's driving. Now, it's kind of a weird area where they're going, and I'm not sure why they were even driving where they were, but if you can picture the city market shopping center and where you go into the gas station, there's that weird way you get to there and it's got this big retaining wall. Well, he misjudged it and his trailer hit the retaining wall. And so his trailer rolled off over probably about a six or seven foot drop, which rolled the whole truck over. When I saw the pictures first posted, I didn't know where it was. I thought, uh, this is kind of weird. And I, and you know, cause I'm an early riser and I saw a bunch of posts next door. I just kind of blew it off. And then Exactly what you said happened, happened. It's like, I don't know how that guy even noodled that truck into that space. Yeah. And, and you know, and after the fact, I, I talked with one of the employees that was actually, he works graveyard. So he was ending his shift when it happened. And he said he went and actually helped the driver get out of the truck because they weren't sure how flammable it was going to be. So they oh, he helped him get out of the truck. But he said that they weren't actually even bringing diesel there. It was actually farm diesel. But they, oh. they weren't even delivering to that gas station. No and the employee told me the only thing he could think of is maybe he was going to the mine or heading somewhere and got lost and tried to turn around. So he turned around using that because he said his tankers don't take that route when they're bringing gas to his pump. And it wasn't anybody he knew or one of their tankers that bring them fuel at all. 
Wow, that's interesting. I had no idea. I thought it was somebody just, uh, you know, doing their normal delivery. But uh, wow, that's uh, this is somebody that, yeah, he didn't even have the type of fuel that goes into gas pumps. It was farm diesel. Well, he's still driving a big old bomb down the road, you know. (laughs) So, yeah, so it topped over and it ended up he ended up spilling. 2,100 gallons of fuel, but the issue was, so he spills, pumps it over, spills fuel. Well, they can't remove the truck until they can get a hazmat team to pump out the other remaining like 5,000 gallons in the truck. Right. So in order to do that, that's why they had to shut down the highway for several hours between West Street and the intersection of 67 and 24 was so they could move trucks and stuff in there to get the fuel out of the truck before they could remove truck. So in the meantime, it alerted a possible environmental disaster with the diesel fuel that spilled and was heading downstream down Fountain Creek. Sure. And so Teller County's Office of Emergency Management Director, Jay Teague, he became in charge of the medication process of that. Now, the other part that was kind of confusing me, which I asked him, was a few days later, we see on social media where they were cleaning up diesel about a half mile downstream behind Safeway. And when I asked him about that, he said, well, what it was is where it spilled. It went directly into the drainage, but everywhere between the spill-off point at Safeway and between where the truck had spilled was concrete or pavement. So they didn't lose anything that was soaking into the ground. Pretty much all that diesel fuel went straight into the culverts and went into that pond there behind Safeway. So they were actually able to set up their retention pond before the fuel made it to that point. And they were able to catch most of it behind Safeway and suck it all up. And what we saw a couple days later was the company out there was doing testing for residuals. And they were they sucked up a lot of the soil around there. And they told me that nothing was got downstream from that point in Safeway because they were able to quickly get most of it up. And that what they were doing days later was just monitoring and testing and then they were also worried that some might have soaked underneath the pavement at the spot all i know is that uh they were on it man and uh i've seen a couple of spills before just in my old tv days i've i've followed uh rotator trucks that turn over semis and i've seen that operation from uh, another company in, in denver and it was really fascinating but these guys jumped all over it and uh, as far as i can tell they did a pretty outstanding job of containing that well, then the other thing that I, I heard from the employee was that I guess he was driving when he hit the retaining wall and his trailer got up on it and started leaning over. He stopped. And at that point is when everybody kind of came out and were like, Uh-oh. oh, no, look what happened. Well, if he would have just backed up and put it in reverse he probably would have backed up and got out of it. But instead, he decided to try to move forward, which is what put him his trailer off the ledge further and ended up tipping the whole truck over. Wow. You know, that's why we have you here, Trevor, because none of us would have known any of these kind of details at all because everybody was reporting kind of in generalities. But uh, here we think that, uh, hey, somebody's dropping off some goods at the uh, loaf and jug and come to find out it wasn't even their load. That's amazing. Yeah, I just happened to find out, well, I talked with the emergency management director and he told me a lot of the mitigation stuff. And then I actually ended up talking to somebody who was there. That's how more information was able to be figured out by me. Never cease to amaze me, my friend. You're more than just a pretty face at a baseball game. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Yeah, good work, man. But uh, hey, speaking of baseball, press day kind of got me really excited. I'm looking forward to this weekend for the uh, home opener for the Rocky Mountain Vibes. 
Yeah, I just I'm really excited about all the changes they made. And you know, when during the off season when you're getting press releases and I'm busy doing other stuff, I didn't really understand the extent of the changes that they made. But when you actually had them sit down explaining everything that they had done, it seems like it's going to be a lot of good changes for the better. I think they'll be more successful for one, which is one of their big goals. And then for two, I think they're doing just a really good job of marketing and getting people there. I bet you'll see a lot better attendance rates throughout the whole season this year. Yeah, I agree. And that, uh, hey, we can all hand it to our friend Kay Goodell and uh, Tyler Peterson. They've done a tremendous amount of work in the offseason. But, uh, you know, before I let you go, one thing I do want to talk about the elephant in the room. And uh, do I have a sound effect of a broom sweeping up a floor? <laughs> in basketball. How cool is it that the Denver Nuggets are in the NBA Finals? Yeah, that's awesome. I was, history's officially been made. I was really excited. And, you know, I didn't think that the Nuggets were going to sweep them. You know, in the beginning, I thought it would maybe even go to seven games. It was going to be a close series. But yeah, then, me too. After they had won three games, the statistics were showing that the Lakers have actually never won a playoff game when they started the series 0-3. They were 0-8. and So that means any time that they went down 3-0, they got swept every time they, that's happened in the playoffs in Laker history. I don't know that there's an NBA team that has done that at all coming back from 3 down. Maybe there has, but... Uh... Okay, so I, I look up these statistics further. So there's never been an NBA team ever in the history that has won or made it to the finals once they've gone down 3-0. and Yeah. But the Lakers, they never have even won a game once they went 3 Which means they've never even been in a playoff series where they were 1-3. Three. If they went 3-0, and oh, then they get swept. Well, I wish there was a camera in the barricade right now because I'd be grinning like the Joker. <laughs> I used to like the Lakers and the Celtics, you know, back when I was a kid a, a million years ago. But uh, since professional athletes kind of went, uh, I don't know, over the top, I'll say, back in the 90s, uh, I wasn't a Laker fan at all. And, of course, uh, I was kind of a jazz fan. I never really cheered for the Nuggets. But, uh, okay, I jumped on the bandwagon. I'm a huge Nuggets fan now. And uh, Nikola Jokic, that guy is on another level. And so is uh, is a Jamal Harris, who's uh, dumping in points from everywhere. It's just, a, it's they have yeah. an amazing team right now. Yeah, and one thing that, that amazed me was last night after the game, I saw clips of, I think it's a pretty good idea, but I guess the Nuggets sold tickets to a watch party at the Ball Arena, even though the game was in L.A. Yeah. At the Denver Ball Arena, they sold tickets to the watch party where they just had the game on their big screens in the center of the court and it looked like they sold it out. I don't know what they charged for a watch party tickets to that. All arena was packed with people just sitting there watching the game on TV and hanging out and that place filled up when they finally won towards the end. Yeah, that's what ESPN reported. They reported that Ball Arena was completely sold out and I was thinking, man, oh man, it's like uh, the fever has finally hit. Let's uh, let's hope it carries over to the uh, Denver Broncos, but who knows? Maybe it's a sign that Colorado professional sports might be on a return. Maybe this will bleed off to CU and the Buffaloes will actually have a winning season. Who knows? But uh, uh, <laughs> remains to be seen, I guess, right? Yeah. All right, Trevor. Well, I'm glad you're back safe and sound. You know what? Hopefully, I'll see you at the Rocky Mountain Vibes baseball game. Yeah, for sure. All right, Trevor, you have a good day, and I'll talk to you again very soon. Sounds good. All right, take care. Well, coming up next is the Rocky Mountain Vibes report, followed by News of the Weird, and find out who dives under the bear pile this week. So don't go away.
By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress. You can always improve your health. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, then you've come to the right place. Animus Wellbeing in Woodland Park, Colorado offers nutritional consultations. We work with you to design a program that fits your specific needs to help you enjoy a better quality of life. So check us out at animuswellbeing.com. That's A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G.com. Or call us at 818-400-1456. Let us help you to achieve a life of optimal well-being. the Bear Cave. I'm your host, Dennis Zerl, and right now it's time for the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report with Director of Marketing Kay Goodell and the Director of Media and Baseball Operations, Tyler Peterson. Hey, gang, how are you today? Hey, I'm, I'm doing great. We've got good vibes over here. Hey, Dennis, good to hear from you. Today's the day. It's uh, it's here. Finally, we're all excited. Yeah, I mean, we've been waiting for this for months, and as, as much as we were prepared for it, it, it almost was finally just snuck up on us. We're like, it's here. Curtains are open. I know. How about you, Tyler? How excited are you right now? Well, uh, ever since expanding my role in uh, November, I sort of just had this date circle on the calendar. And between, you know, conversations with coaches at night, uh, can't wait till we hit the field. You know, oh, I just want to get out there so bad. And yeah, it, it is finally here. And look, we've had, we have a big countdown calendar in the office and, and, you know, I've got my, my preseason schedule, we've been crossing off the dates, but yeah, I mean, I think somehow still for everyone, it's like, oh, geez, we're here already. I know, right? Well, I, I kind of want to back up for our listeners. I mean, we had Media Day last week and uh, man, it was great. I was surprised by how many television stations and people showed up. Yeah, no, it was awesome. I mean, we've put so much into the team and the marketing side this past year. Like I really didn't take much of an off season when it came to, to vibes this year. Um, and it's it's finally starting to pay off. We had all the major news outlets in town come and if you've been following us on social media. You'll see a bunch of new different type of articles out on some players, on opening day, on the team, on the coach, all of it. Um, it's really, it's exciting to have this hype and energy behind us. You know, uh, Tyler, I sat and talked to, uh, to Les for just a little while. And uh, when we went down in the field and you can see the guy is, he's got the intensity. He's got the look, you know what I mean? Oh, you don't talk about a guy who's had basically every experience you can have in professional baseball. He's been drafted. He was a undrafted free agent with the Cubs. He made it through the minors. He played in the major leagues. He was a player and a coach at the Indy level. He was a coach at the affiliate level. He coached in Venezuela and Taiwan and Mexico, and he's been in this league the last couple of years. I mean, you want to talk about experience. I mean, that is a man who has seen a lot of baseball over the years. He reminds me of some of the coaches I had when I was a kid. I mean, he's not just a coach, but you can tell he's a teacher and he really cares. And uh, boy, I'd like to tap into the knowledge that guy has in his head. Oh yeah. I mean, working with Les so far this year has, has been really a treat for me and He's real loose. He's got a great attitude and, and, the, and the guys love playing for him. So we've had a great working relationship trying to build this team and, and unlock the potential for what we think we can do here. Um, and we, we really couldn't be happier with him and staff he's brought along. Yeah, I agree. I asked him some questions too, and, and uh, he kind of answered some of them during the press conference. And he's all about offense and power. 
when you actually get to see the players for the first time, it all kind of came together because those are some big boys out there. Well, the inside joke uh, in the office is I think we've added about an average of five inches from last year's <laughs> team across the board. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, if uh, I'll just take, for example, if you had Brandon Trammell walk past you, I mean, that guy's uh, 6'5", 258. So, yeah. I mean, he is a he's a big, powerful outfielder. And, you know, in terms of the power you're talking about, I think with how we have developed this team over the offseason, I think you'll see us you'll see us lead early in the season with the bats. That is to say that, you know, Les is a pitching coach. He is a, a pitching mentor. And I think for him, he still has to develop what he believes is his starting five, his bullpen, his closer. I mean, those roles are a little more, I don't want to say up in the air, but I say less defined. Right, um, right. But with the offense, there is not a single rookie on this offense. All these guys have either played in this league before, in a partner league, or in affiliated baseball. There is a ton of experience in this lineup. How stoked are the guys right now in the clubhouse? Oh, they're they're so happy. I, I've gotten a lot of great responses back. They love the merch, and they love the field, and they love the facilities, and they love the coach. It's, it's all been very positive. So they jumped up on a bus today, and I, they're just ready to hit the field. Okay, the uniforms. I really like what you guys have done this season with the uniforms. Thank you. I mean, yeah, we kind of went a little crazy and got a lot of new uniforms, but it's, it's always really exciting. And doing the photos for them is just phenomenal and so much fun. And I know you didn't get to see Sky Sox the other day, but they finally came in and we're going to kind of keep them secret uh, right up until opening day for y'all. Oh, see how you are? I know. I try. I got to hold something secret. <laughs> I know. Well, I did get my new Sky Sox lid, though. So thank you for you know offering that up. We, uh, we went up there and made that happen for Oh, yeah. No, I love that throwback logo. And I think it's going to be a hit this year. I know a lot of the community is really excited to see the Sky Sox back. So Sundays are probably going to come creep up and be my favorite day of the year. <laughs> I think I was telling you earlier before we uh, we came on the air, I, I was wearing it around town and somebody actually recognized it. And they said, hey, where'd you get that stuff? And it's like, hey, you know, go down to UC Health Park, order online, wherever you got to go. But uh, at least make sure you get to the games. And speaking of the games, the home opener is on Saturday night. Tell us what you've got planned, Kay. Yeah, there's a lot. So, I mean, we've got our magnet schedule that we are giving away. We have fireworks post game. We've got flyovers, horses, beach balls, confetti cannons, anything you can think of. We're jam packing it into our opening day just to kick off summer and the season and get ready for baseball here. <laughs> that sounds more like Ringling Brothers is in town, but uh, hey, I'm in. Yeah, we went, we went crazy for it. Well, it's worth it. You know, the the fans deserve it. You guys deserve it. Everybody deserves it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Tyler, in your opinion, you've seen the boys out there playing. You've seen some inter-squad matchups going on, a little bit of practice stuff going on. What's your gut instinct as to how the season's going to start off? I mean, I'd really have to look deeply into my crystal ball to get an exact answer. Um, but I, I think, I, honestly, with what Les sort of told you on the media day, that, that is really honestly true of, of how our roster is set up. One of the biggest things in the offseason was to target guys with power. So Brandon Trammell, who I mentioned just a little bit ago, was with Glacier last year. Um, he got hurt after 12 games, but against us opening day for Glacier, he hit one of the lo longest grand slams I've ever seen in this park. Casey Peterson, who was with Grand Junction last year, we got to steal him away from the other side of the state. He had 14 home runs, 75 RBI. Dusty Stroop, who was with Idaho Falls last year, put up 21 home runs and 108 RBI. He was a Pioneer League All-Star. Carson Maxwell, who was in the Frontier League, which technically you could say is uh, a higher level of competition. Right. Um, it's in the partner league system. 
Um, but there's uh, different experience limits in that league than ours. But he has back-to-back seasons of 17 and 18 home runs. So power is really what we targeted. We weren't missing a whole lot last year that would have held us back from playoff run. And we, we got pretty close toward the end of the season. I think I think we were about five back with 10 or so to go. So for me in the offseason, I thought, you know, a little bit more pop in the lineup could have gotten us there. So we went out and targeted that. You know, it, it's funny that you mentioned that, too, because, uh, you know, there's a lot of lessons learned, especially in, in this type of league, because it changes so rapidly with players either being called up or, you know, you got injuries. You got all those kinds of things you have to deal with. And uh, whatever happened in the middle of the season last year, it was just, uh, you could just see the momentum shift. So I've got to think that that's got to propel you into this season to starting it off better than last season, for sure. Last season was a little slow and it was a little disappointing, but man, it sure came together towards the end. Well, and I I think, you know, there are some things you can sort of take into into next year and the job our our second group of coaches and, and players did for us last year was was fantastic. I believe if you if you take June 20, that was sort of the big the big day and, and take the uh, the record from after that. It was something like 33 and 37. So we were almost practically 500. Yeah. And up until the last 14 days, we had a winning record. So there are some things you can take into that because, you know, we have eight returners and we have guys who did really great things for us last year. But by the same token, with new leadership, and I'll use that term very loosely for myself, but I'll use it very strongly for less and, you know, a new vision or or however you want to use those terms as well, adjustments making the offseason. I think we do want to take what foundation was here, want to build upon it, and we know we have a lot to offer. When I was talking to free agents in the off season, hey, do you want to come play in the best city on the best field with the best facilities at the highest rate in the entire league? And it was a very easy sell for me at, at times. So yeah, yeah. Um, I am very grateful to this organization for the situation uh, we are in. And Kay in the off season was, was hitting the marketing side of it hard. And I was been hitting the side of the baseball side of it hard. And, you know, all around, we are trying to, like, I, I will go back to that phrase. I'm trying to carry on from some of the guys who are here performing, but unlock the potential of this place. Yeah. Well said. See, that's why I like, I like the attitude that you have because you want to see those players leave the field and go somewhere else or always improving. And uh, we as fans, like I say, we're always the selfish ones because it's like, oh man, that guy left and, you know, they're just going to, whatever the case may be. But the whole point is, it's the same point that we're trying to get across is the philosophy of making these players on that field better and watching them improve and progress. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, you can take it back to, if you want to get very not simplistic, but very, very simple. Why are we here? We are here one as a, you know, method of family entertainment. Uh, but we are here as a developmental league. We are under Major League Baseball's umbrella. So what we want to do is not only put a good product on the field for our fans, but the kind of product out and the kind of players out who will get a lot out of this league. We want to see our guys move up. We want to sort of be a pipeline to Major League Baseball, to the affiliated systems. And that is really something which myself, Les, the coaching staff, we are all on the same page um, for. And that is something in the offseason that we wanted to improve. And Les and the coaching staff have so much to do with that. Yeah, man, it doesn't get any better than that. And uh, Tyler, you've got kind of a new look going on in the booth as well. So when people tune in, they're going to be able to see your face this season. (laughs) So we have a fantastic crew. 
from the uh, the company of Visua and Virch. I believe Visua sort of does the creative side of things and Virch does the production. They actually set up a little point of view cam in, in my booth. And I don't know how often I'll go to it, maybe just when we have guests inside, but sort of had an unannounced visit from one of their uh, amazing engineers. He came in and sort of updated our whole system and put a little camera in there. I'm still trying to figure out how exactly I want to use it, but um, <laughs> no, we're... We're looking forward to broadcasts this year, and, and it will be a little bit different look um, because the league has signed a, a deal with Flow Sports, so it's moved to a subscription-based service. And so we, we've had to adjust some of our efforts for how we are going to handle broadcasts. Um, but I do know at the very least, we will offer a, a free audio stream so that we, you know, we protect everybody's rights within the contract to still offer our fans a chance if they can't make it out to the ballpark to get at least a, a free audio stream of it. You know, in a way, it's really a step up because that just shows that you're doing the right thing. You're moving the right direction and uh, going to get some people watching these games this season. That's the whole point. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, for the league, I will say it's the best deal they have gotten in three years. I'm going to say a more um, recognizable name for them with Flow Sports. Uh, we really enjoyed our time uh, with the YouTube channel. We got great viewership and it was easy to find for everyone. But as far as we're concerned, we're going to see no change to our production. If anything, our production will, will look better than it ever has before. Um, and we'll still offer fans both kinds of access for, for whatever fits their needs. Yeah, I think that's so awesome. And uh, Kay, I've got to commend you for all the work that you've done because you've really gotten the word out there into the communities. And um, it's, it's very exciting, especially when I see comments from fans. They can't wait. And that's exactly the type of uh, interaction that you want with communities. So I commend you for that. Great job. Thank you. I mean, getting into the community is my favorite part because I've gotten to travel kind of all over the country for work and I always move to new cities and new places and I'm always, it's just me and the dog. So I always kind of jump into the community and Colorado Springs and this entire county and y'all's county everywhere around here has just been so welcoming and inviting that it's just made it feel like home and so much fun to work in that it's really great to have everyone kind of behind us now and I've gotten to talk about the vibes all over and get other people excited. Dennis, I think my turn though to put on my little journalism hat and turn the table on you. Uh, what's the most, uh, what are you looking forward to the most this season? What are you most excited for? Uh, Diego running on the field. <laughs> <laughs> he is looking at me like, yes, please, right now. He is, he's actually literally in his chair in my, in my office because he, of course, has his own chair. <laughs> I, I missed him during media day, but uh, no, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, what you've done and just seeing the players and how they all kind of come together. And for me, it's like, even a, if it's a bad day and the team isn't doing that well, just getting out there in that beautiful ballpark. And I keep telling people about that. And I think that's what's gotten people excited up here in Taylor County as well. Because uh, when I took a look at that field last week, it is spectacular. The grounds crew has done such an amazing job. But I think it's just the overall atmosphere at the ball game. It just doesn't get any better. And the improvements and the things that you guys have done this year, it's just, uh, it's the entire package for me. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I can't wait. Yeah, no, I mean, everyone here has been working so hard and I'm just so excited for the gates to be open for everyone to kind of see all we've done so far. Oh, I'm getting goosebumps. Jeez. <laughs> me too. I'm not kidding. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, just so people know, I'm going to say this again. This is a ongoing thing now. We've got the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report in the Bear Cave every week. So good luck to everybody tonight and safe travels. Awesome. Thanks. You too. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. That was the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report with our friends Kay Goodell and Tyler Peterson. But uh, moving along right now, it is once again time for News of the Weird. This week, the headline reads, The Fetishists. The Fetishists? Eh, okay, we'll go with it. Yeehaw! 
David Neal, 52, is the night manager at the 14th Avenue South Hilton Hotel in Nashville, Tennessee, or he was until a bizarre incident on March 30th. WKRN-TV reported that around 5 a.m. that day, Neal allegedly made a key to enter an occupied room and, get this, suck on the toes of a sleeping guest. Yep, you heard that right. He's a toe sucker. Well, when when officers arrived at the hotel, Neal admitted to entering the room but said he had done so because he smelled smoke and wanted to check on the occupant. (laughs) He was arrested on May 5th at his home and charged with aggravated burglary and assault. (laughs) You know, we've had some weird stories before and some bizarre stuff, but... I think the best part about this whole weirdness is his, <laughs> is his excuse for airing the room. He smelled smoke. Smell smoke? Yeah, well, maybe your brain was smoking, or maybe you were smoking something, or hey, maybe there was some smoke down under in those huggies of yours there, Dave. <laughs> Funny they never mentioned the person who was sleeping in the bed, but um, oh well. That just leads me to my personal fetish, and that's the bear pile. Each week, we nominate a person, place, and or thing that should be tossed on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears. From the nominations a couple of weeks ago, the person, place, and or thing to be tossed on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears is... Yeah, this is not shocking at all. It's the Colorado legislature for passing those last-minute laws which benefit no one. And uh, once again, thank God that this is over for this year. And maybe next year you can tackle some real issues like, uh, I don't know, no more roundabouts. Please, no more roundabouts. Pass something that will actually work and that benefits the people of Colorado. But uh, yeah, good luck with that. The nominations this week for the honor of Swan diving onto the bear pile are number one, President Gaff Sniffy Joe Biden for his epic word salad at the G7 conference. A word salad that is going to make Obama step up her game. I mean, we need an independent interpreter to decipher the words that came out of that pie hole. Oh, my God. Number two, the driver of a fully loaded gas bomb who decided to take a side trip to Loafing Jug in Woodland Park. You know, next time, it would probably be advisable to check that GPS. And number three, concerned wannabe firefighter David Neal for going above and beyond the call of duty by sucking the toes of his hotel guests, thereby saving the person's life. <laughs> I wonder what he does at barbecues when he sees the smoke coming off the grill. Keep that straight jacket handy, Cubs. In fact, uh, better yet, don't invite Freaky Friday over. Ever. Once again, it's time for me to pack up the old bear cave and head on out of here. But uh, before I go, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Abode Real Estate, The Butte Theater, Rocky Mountain Vibes Baseball, and Animus Wellbeing. I want to thank my guests today, one of our title sponsors from Animus Wellbeing, Chef Christy Link, and from the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Director of Marketing, Kay Goodell, and the Director of Baseball and Media Operations, Tyler Peterson. So excited for this weekend. I just can't wait for that first pitch. Of course, thanks to my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, for bringing us another epic story for Storytime. And of course, our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. 
If you have an event coming up or you want to be a sponsor of the show, you can reach us on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or our Instagram page by the same name. And, of course, you can send your hate mail to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. You can access the show on Spotify, Anchor by Spotify, Podbean, RadioPublic.com, and iHeartRadio. Our celebrity, not-so-celebrity guest next week is going to be President Sniffy Joe Biden. Uh, maybe. We'll just uh, play that one by ear or nose or whatever. Damn, he's rubbing off on us. Must be some evil planet work here. I, I don't know. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> we were patiently waiting for any migrant from Venezuela to come into the bear cave, but we are told that they have been bused to car dealerships. So that way they have transportation to check out that new house that Alejandro, my jerk, has promised them in those uh, sanctuary cities like uh, Denver. Hey, your words there, Mayor Hancock. Your words, not ours. Until next week, be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Barricade is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity.